We're gonna be jumping straight in to Proverbs 3 and Hebrews 11 this morning, all right? It will be on the screen here behind me, all right? You ready to read from the word of the Lord? All right, here we go. Proverbs 3 says, starting in verse five, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. I had this as a little um, sculpture on my desk growing up as a kid. It was one of the first verses ever committed to memory. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your paths. It just flows. I can't help it. It just flows. It's like one of those things that like defines your life, right? You have certain scriptures. This is it for me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge his ways and he will direct your paths. And Hebrews 11 says this. Hebrews 11, verses 1 through 3 and 39 through 40. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed in God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Sounds confusing, I know. We'll get to that. These were all, these were all commended for their faith. And he's talking about different men of faith, yet none of them received what was promised. All right, some people, they were committed for their faith, but not received what was promised. Since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. All right, these verses will make sense more as we talk about them. They don't make a whole lot of sense on their own, do they? They're not like one story like we normally read, but this is where I think God has taken us this morning. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Micah. That was beautiful. I'm so appreciative of our worship team. I'm so thankful for our band. It's just, amen, amen. We are starting a new series today. It's called a Rhythm, which is something I have almost nothing of. I tell you what, I can play most instruments. I cannot play the drums. I'm a rhythm guitarist with no rhythm. Brittany's like, can you hear the click? I'm like, yeah, I can. She's like, are you sure? The click is the metronome in their ears. If you notice, they have headphones in. So in their ears, they hear this, click, click to keep them on pace, it doesn't help me in the least. So this series is all about something I wish I had more of, some rhythm, all right? We planned this series last year. We did all of our series planning for 2019 and 2018, and we planned it actually at this time of year. It was during the end of September that we were like, hey, all right, let's go go through all of 2019 together. And we said, what do we think the Lord might be speaking? What do we want to hear when school starts back after Labor Day? And I basically said, what are you feeling right now? What are you feeling at the end of September? And not that every year is the same, but there are seasons and some similarities between them, right? And so we we said, you know what? School's back in, sports are starting back up, ballet, recitals, traveling here and there for travel, ball, all the things. It's almost like it took just a minute and life got overwhelming all over again, all of a sudden, right? Can I get an amen? How many schools do you have to drop off at on a Sunday morning, or at a weekday morning? You try to get out of your house or church on a Sunday morning and there's like, there's something else going on. You know, it's a bit ironic. It seems like we always want to be in the next season during the season that we're in, all right? So in the spring, there's baseball and graduations and end of the year parties. And you're like, I just can't wait to get to summer where it's more free and there's less structure. 
And then you get to summer and you're like, why did I ever want less structure? My kids are home from school every day. We are going here and there, vacations every other weekend. There's no semblance of order to our lives. I cannot wait for the fall to get here. And then we get to the fall and you think, oh my goodness, there's so much to do. There's so much going on. I've got to pack all these lunches. We've got to drop kids off at school. We've got this ball game and that ball game. We've got to get from here to there. I cannot wait for the Christmas break. And then the holiday parties start. And then it's Thanksgiving and then it's Christmas and you're eating so much and you're like, I've gained 20 pounds and maybe that's just me, I don't know, but maybe you feel the same way. And I've got to go to this party and go to see this family. I just cannot wait for Christmas break to be over and it be spring. And then it starts all back over again when we got balls and graduations and all the things. And so I just, we always seem to want to be in the next thing. And so we thought, you know, that's something maybe we can speak into. How can we discern where in the scriptures is God leading us to find balance in our life? And so we're going to create a whole series around finding balance. That's what we're going to call it. I was excited about it. I thought about this graphic with like a, a seesaw that has like an anvil on one side and a feather on the other, and somehow they're perfectly balanced. It's going to be really cool. And I told Tim, our youth director, I said, Tim, we're going to do this cool series called Finding Balance. And Tim said to me in a way that only Tim can, Woods, we talked about this. There is no balance in life. And I was like, dang it, you're right. There is no balance in life. You see, because balance, it comes whenever you are able to you know, measure the scales, whenever there's an equilibrium that's calculated and able to be observed. And, and that is not all, at all what life is, is it? It seems like just when we get balance, something happens and it throws it off. Balance, if it comes, it's just for a moment and it's not sustainable. If we are always living our lives trying to find balance, we will always be searching. All right, so, so if you're looking for me to give you some encouragement about how to perfectly balance your life, I don't have it for you. What I do have and what I have read and what we are finding in the scripture though is that there's a rhythm. There might not be balance, but there is a rhythm. A rhythm that says it's okay during this time of the year to devote more of my time and energy to these things. A rhythm that says on this day of the week, we're putting aside all other things in order to focus on our family. We're turning off our phones. Not that we say our phones are bad or that work is bad, but the rhythm is we work, 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 and then we rest and we spend time with our family. A rhythm that says I want to honor my children and my employer. And a rhythm that says I want to accomplish and do all my schoolwork and take care of my soul. And so that's what we decided on. To, for the next four weeks that we will live and search in this idea of rhythm and what it can mean for our lives. We're gonna talk about today faith, next week family, work, and then rest. Because that is the rhythm I feel like we will all be ebbing and flowing in every day from here until eternity, is that we will be trying to help. We, we try to balance these things, faith, family, work, and rest. And it's like spinning plates and they all fall down. But when we realize that these things live in rhythm, we can find a peace. We can find a sense of belonging. We can find a sense of fulfillment when we prioritize things as they should be, give attention to the things when they need it the most and try to find a rhythm to our lives. So this week we're gonna start off by talking about faith. Or really, we're probably gonna talk more about what we think faith is, but it might not actually be, all right? So I would like to preach this morning from the, from the subject Evidence of things unseen. Evidence of things unseen. Will you pray with me? 
Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. We thank you for your word. May it always be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. I know that was a long setup, so I'm gonna make sure to try to keep my sermon a little more condensed. I don't make promises I can't keep, so I'm not gonna promise, but I'm gonna try, all right? Have you ever noticed that there are certain things that are taboo in life? Did you ever play the game taboo? The game taboo is like, it's a really fun card game. We're on a, on a card, there's a lot of, there's a word you're supposed to get people to guess, but underneath it are words you can't say. So somebody's sitting next to you with a taboo buzzer, and if you say one of the words that's off limits, they get to buzz you and go zzzz. It's really annoying. And I'm not very good at it because I talk so fast that of course I use the words I'm not supposed to use. So I get buzzed a lot. I feel like sometimes our society, our culture can act like a taboo buzzer. It can tell us through awkward stares and passive aggressive statements and maybe angry Facebook posts, the things we're not supposed to say or do or think, the things that are taboo in our lives. There are certain things that are off limits, right? In culture, in society, in church. Certain things I'm not supposed to say when I'm up here, right? I'm not supposed to say, I make $45,000 a year and a, a housing stipend. It's weird, right, to say that out loud. We don't talk about money and our personal finances. I don't know why, it just is what it is. It's taboo, like for me, it's, if you feel strange that I just said that, it's because it's taboo. I'm not supposed to talk about that. Increasingly, we're starting to talk a little bit more about, but for decades, mental health has been taboo. We can't tell people about our emotions. Gentlemen, if, you, if you're supposed to be manly, you can't talk about how you're feeling, it's taboo. People, if you're struggling with depression or anxiety, it's almost like it's supposed to be seen as a weakness, but it's not. It's something that many people are getting help for, seeking counseling through. We've had a tough year in our church, I think it's safe to say. Between the financial things that went on at the end of 2018, we're trying to figure out what's our budget, how much money, how many staff, who's gonna have to leave, is he gonna have to leave? And then as we journeyed with our former senior pastor, Robbins, as his wife, Nell, was sick and then passed away, it was just heavy. I had some personal things going on in my own life and I started seeing a counselor and they've been wonderful, giving me a place to just process and think. And I encourage you, if you're just struggling through some things, there are professionals who want to talk to you, who want to help you, to help you just journey through life. Mental health doesn't have to be taboo. But the thing that's most alarming to me, the thing that's become taboo is our faith. And I'm not talking about, don't talk about religion and politics type deal. I'm not talking about how like at the water cooler, you're not supposed to tell people who you're voting for or if you believe in God. I'm talking about how faith in an authentic way has almost become taboo. To admit to somebody that you're struggling with the Bible seems off limits. To tell somebody that you don't really understand all the things about God that you're supposed to understand is almost like a no-no. For some reason or another, in our lives, it is difficult, whether it's with our family or our closest friends or even at our church, to be authentic about our faith journey about how we are struggling or what we're learning or what we don't understand. More than anywhere, the church should be the place where questions are welcome, where people are allowed to dig into the word together and say, help me understand this better and to admit to one another, I'm having a hard time here. But for some reason, faith has become taboo. 
which is crazy to me because we are studying a book that is over 2,000 years old that was written over a 1,500-year period, and so it should seem pretty foreign to us. It's natural for it to be hard to fully understand. I mean, take, for example, our scripture lesson this morning. Just listen to what Paul is saying. We read one from the Old Testament, the Proverbs text. We'll get to it in just a second. In Hebrews, get this. This just sounds ludicrous, does it not? Now, faith is an assurance of things hoped for. It's the conviction of things unseen. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. That sounds confusing, and it is, because have you ever found evidence for something you cannot observe, right? Evidence is proof. It's proof to say like, hey, I have this thing that I want to show you that I understand to be true, and here's the proof of it. Faith cannot have these observable forms of evidence. Just think about it for a minute. The logical way of trying to process faith does not compute with our basic understandings of observation. How do you prove that which evidence is impossible to observe? You know, what's crazy about this same text, Paul goes on to say that all these great pillars of the faith, this is the part we skipped over, but Abraham and Noah and Enoch and David and Solomon, he names all these people and says why they're so faithful. He says, these people were faithful. So like they did the crazy thing of like trying to believe in something you can't prove, trying to you know, put assurance in your hopes. They had this faith thing and yet they were promised something and it wasn't given to them. Have you ever noticed that? And Hebrews actually says, they did not get the things which they were promised. All these promises God makes, not all of them were fulfilled in that moment. This is exactly what it says, right? It says, these were all commended for their faith, for having this thing that doesn't seem to make sense. Yet none of them received what had been promised since God had planned something better for us so that only together we would be made perfect. Yes, something better for all of us to experience together. But these guys went on this faith journey because of this promise that was made and not all of them experienced the fulfillment of that promise. So faith is the assurance of something that resides in hope, something that cannot be fully observed, that we cannot see. So if you're confused about that, that's okay. Sometimes I am too. Oftentimes I am. So what do we make of faith? What is faith supposed to be? I think more often than not, we confuse faith with the word belief. We think faith and belief are synonymous. Faith in the Bible has lots of different meanings. Sometimes it's a noun, sometimes it's a verb, sometimes it means one thing in one context and something else in another place. But for some reason or another, we always lump faith and belief together as if to say, everything that I know about God is wrapped up in my own beliefs. And so if I can't believe it, then I can't be, it can't be really part of faith. It can't be true faith. But that is so problematic if your beliefs ever change. God forbid you grow up and start learning more about the world and realize that maybe something you thought you knew, you don't. Maybe something you were taught as a child or you used to believe, you can't anymore. So then what happens to your faith if it's all wrapped up and if it's contingent on making sure you believe all the right things all the time? That's where that term crisis of faith comes from. We're having a crisis of faith. But I do not believe that your faith and your beliefs are the same thing. 
I think they're connected. I think there's a relationship. But if faith is evidence of things unseen, if it is assurance of things hoped for, then I cannot believe enough things to fully know anything true about God. And so what then is faith? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your paths. If there is a synonym I would use in place of belief for faith, it would be trust. It is a trust that sometimes we don't understand what God is doing, but we still have faith in God. It is a trust that we will never fully understand God because God is God and we are not yet we still have faith in God. It is a trust that says, I'm gonna lean in to my church family, even when sometimes I disagree with them because I have faith in God's church. It's a trust that says, I want to tell you about the things I'm struggling with because you are my family. And I don't have to have all my beliefs worked out for me to be able to trust. And that's the really scary part of faith because we want to have it figured out. We want to have the right beliefs. We want to know that we got everything perfectly situated in the order it's supposed to be in. But here's the thing, if you do that, then you don't need trust. If your beliefs are all set, you have no reason to have faith. If your beliefs are so secure and so strong and you've got everything figured out, you're not a person of faith. You're a person of belief, confidence, assurance of your own accord. And there's no room for God there. And so I pray that as we think about what the rhythms are for our lives, we recognize that the cog in the wheel, everything that we think we know and everything we do as people, it, it all starts with the faith we have in God. Because if we don't need faith, if we just believe everything, if we have to control everything, I bet at home you're probably a pretty controlling person. I'm just gonna guess, I don't know, I'm not naming any names, I'm just saying, if you can figure everything out about God and you've got everything figured out about your family and you are the one who's got all the answers and so you're the boss and you're just in control. And I bet if, if you have no faith in God that, that makes room for you to be wrong, I bet people at work have a hard time working with you because you're difficult. Because you have to be right all the time. And if you are constantly working on your beliefs and honing them in and not leaving room for God to work, then I bet you never rest. Do you ever find any peace in your life? And so if this all starts with, centers on, hangs on, how our faith fuels our life. And so I pray that we will be a people who can trust in the Lord with all of our hearts, lean not on our own understandings, acknowledge his ways, and he will straighten our paths, will direct our paths to let go just a little bit and make some room for God in your life. Because that's where the rhythm starts. It is born not of our own, not of our own work, not of our own success. It is born from God. The rhythms of life, the ones we want to lead, the ones we want to live, come not from our own understanding, but from God's. Amen. Amen. Amen.